Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. We are the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood. And joining me this evening, as always, are Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood. How are you guys doing? How did you guys survive uh, week six? How are your teams looking? Trey? Um, you know what? Mostly good, actually. I had a, uh, took on a couple losses this week, but, um, you know, nothing that uh, can't be overcome. It's week six, you know, it's starting to, we're, I'm starting to really identify the teams of mine that are going to be serious contenders and the ones that, you know, one more loss and it's going to be time to pack it in. All right. Good, good, good. Will, what about you? How are your teams looking? Yeah, it was, it was a very interesting weekend. I won a league because T.Y. Hilton did so terribly <laughs> on that, in that game uh, by point two points, I believe I won. And then I also lost the league because he did so terribly. And I feel like I, it's a very fantasy football thing to have happen to you when you're watching games is to both root and not root for players on teams that you're not fans of. Yeah. As when you own as many teams as, as the three of us do as well, you, you sometimes you need like the same outcome. You need uh, T.Y. Hilton to score so many points, but not that many points. Cause then you lose another matchup. That's always a, a fun spot to be in. Uh, you know, I had a fun week as well. It, it was fun watching some old dudes in Arizona play more than, than, just golf what they usually put out there and that leads us into our first segment it's the fantasy joes um highs and lows of the week and in terms of our highlights of the week we are going to name them after i'm basically calling it calling it the old dudes in arizona that can that can play more than just golf moment of the week uh because both Fitz and ap had amazing weeks so will why don't you lead it off uh from there because i think you're going to talk about one of those guys well, I'm calling an audible, and first of all, it took me a moment to put together who you're talking about, the old dudes in Arizona. I was like, what is he <laughs> talking about? Like, who could this possibly be? And then after that last one, I, I got it and put it together. And so I, was re- I initially was going to mention something about AP because it was super cool, but we'll get into that later. Uh, the other moment of the week, and it actually ended up hurting my fantasy teams, but it was just a really crazy football play, and it's part of fantasy football, and it's part of the NFL that you just can't predict. And to me, it just is a great reminder all the time that as much research and as much effort as you put into things, just random plays happen all the time. And it was when Ben Roethlisberger dropped back, threw a pass right at the Kansas City defender and hit him right in the face. Hit him right right in the face. I mean, kind of like the top of the helmet face. Basically, right at him. And it bounces off his face. And Antonio Brown, being the most coordinated man in the universe, snags it one-handed and just houses it for a touchdown. And it was a super cool play overall. I mean, it ended up hurting me in a league, but that's not the important part. The important part is that it was fun. It was random. And I think it just is good to always keep in mind that nothing is ever given in the NFL and the craziest things will always happen and they can either hurt or help you. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen each week. Right. Uh, that's for sure. And I'll, I'll build on that moment in just a second, but Trey, what, what was your, Old dudes in Arizona that can still play football. More moment of the week. Well, for me, I um, it kind of goes hand in hand with my hot take last week. Uh, Mark Ingram, a guy who I have been a huge fan of. I, I actually 
um, this offseason when people were really just writing off Mark Ingram due to the presence of Adrian Peterson and, and the drafting of Alvin Kamara. Um, I, I still was buying. I still was believing. And so, you know, five weeks into the season, I was beginning to kind of wonder if it was going ever going to happen. And then all of a sudden the Saints decide to do what they probably should have done weeks ago. And they sent Adrian Peterson out to Arizona and uh, Mark Ingram, I mean, 30 touches, 150 yards. He actually was the leader on the team in catches this past week. Two touchdowns. I mean, he just had a monster week. This is the usage. This is the 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 talent you see coming out. So I, I was super excited to see Mark Ingram get the opportunity and really put on quite a performance. I hope it springboards him into being a, a you know top fifteen kind of RB the rest of the season. Yeah, he's another old yeah. guy, but NFL standards sort of twenty seven. Some people have written him off as too old. Will you had a thought on? Uh... Oh, I was just going to say, like, I was throwing Mark Ingram in as, as toss-ins to try to get a trade over the top in a lot of areas that I had him because you could get him, like, so cheap at the beginning of the year, and especially in, like, auction drafts. And people were like, no, I don't want no part of Mark Ingram. So I've actually ended up having to hold on to him. And lo and behold, it was great. Absolutely. I'm right there with you, Trey. Another guy that you couldn't really give away – well, actually, one of the reasons that people wouldn't want Mark Ingram was because of, of AP – 32-year-old Adrian Peterson. And, you know, I picked him up in a redraft league, my work league, because I needed the help. I had so many guys on by, Ezekiel Elliott, A.J. Green. I didn't expect much. You know, I was debating, okay, um, you know, do, do I want to start um, start AP or do I want to start Wayne Gallman, right? That was, the, that was my debate for the week. But I was fortunate I started AP and paid off big time. And it was just so great to see – him be relevant again and so exciting and, and I won my matchup because directly because of him and I'm three and three in that league I'm not out of it yet 16 teams only six make the playoffs so that was that was just awesome it's just so awesome ride AP to the championship <laughs> we'll see I might have to have Zeke, uh, you know right. misses some time <laughs> that, that remains to be seen probably will it um, also it's, it, I, I'm gonna give one more and, and I'm sorry at the beginning, but uh, one, because I do have a fresh new haircut that you guys can't see out there. And two, <laughs> I, so I go to a buddy who cuts hair and we usually talk fantasy football as I'm cutting it. And he had picked up AP. So another like great AP glory story. Cause he had Dalvin cook go down. It's like, and he's like a, you know, more of a casual player. So I always like when the casual players that leagues that I'm in, they kind of get like a lucky move and it works out really well for them. Second of all, Kai Forbath was in the same barber getting his haircut. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. That that was his uh, his moment of the week, huh? Did did he recognize him? I mean, did he know who he was? No, Kai goes, "Hey, that's that's Will Greenwood." I think that was his highlight of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't recognize him first off, but he was, he kind of told me as we as we were chatting a little bit. Uh, I thought it was that was pretty fun. Is Winston's in in Uptown Minneapolis? There you go, Schneidy. Nice. This segment sponsored by Winston's now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Nice. Love, love the, the free advertising for, for the seven listeners that, that may be in your neighborhood well to get their haircut. Um, so speaking of guys that have a lot of time to get uh, fresh haircuts now, uh, we're going to talk about our letdowns. And we're going to talk about um, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> um, it's not no laughing matter. I didn't see this. Um, in fact, I haven't seen the video yet. It's, it's only been described to me, but it sounds horrible. Um, but, but that was definitely a letdown. We don't talk a lot about, about NBA, but 
um, the, the, you know, the Celtics are expected to have a great year and they lost their, lost their man there. Um, they still have the Patriots though, that are contenders. So, uh, Trey, what was your Gordon Hayward letdown of the week? Well, my, my big, uh, Gordon Hayward letdown of the week. I think you're going to talk about um, Mr. Aaron Rodgers as well. And, but I'm going to kind of piggyback, not, not necessarily just the injury. I know you're going to kind of touch on that. But, um, you know, for me, I was starting Aaron Rodgers in, in two particular leagues. And one of them, the law, losing him hurt the most because it, it led directly to, to me losing in that league where I consider myself to be a contender. But it also put me in a position where I've had to make a trade here. I've had to trade. I had have three first round picks and, and I'm having to ship one of those off. Uh, I'm getting Tom Brady. So I'm, I'm in, it's a, it's a six point passing touchdown league. So I felt pretty good about making that move uh, to get myself a, a serious uh, starting quarterback. But, you know, it's just one of those things where I was, I wasn't planning on having to spend some of that capital to, to replace. I mean, I, I Tyrod Taylor and I could have ridden him out here for a few weeks, but I really wanted to, to make a serious run. So th- that injury kind of led to me having to spend some of my draft capital that I had built up to, uh, to grab another quarterback for the rest of the season. So injury bug bites again. Yeah. Since, since we kind of have the same one, I'm, I'm going to just mention my Aaron Rodgers story. So it, it was Sunday, you know, that, that perfect time to go, go to the grocery store, right? It's, it's after church but it's before football starts just when you want to go to the grocery store to, to pick up a few things. So I was doing that. I, you know, it took me a while to get out of there. So I'm running late for the, 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 um, the, the first games kicking off. And, you know, I, I'm kind of like looking at my phone glancing and then I see this alert, like Aaron Rodgers goes out of the game and I'm like, no, you gotta be kidding me. Now are you, we've already lost like one of the, the, the elite running backs, uh, with David Johnson and one of the elite wide receivers with, um, with with Beckham and I was just like I, I can't believe it and he is was my one of my keys and in a super flex league that we're all in the the league of ballers and oh man what a letdown so disappointing so disappointing so <sighs> I'm, I'm still bummed about it so Aaron Rodgers that's uh, a double double Joe letdown of the week well yeah. Ebony Aaron Rodgers stock or are you, are you good good uh, I think I think I'm pretty good. He typically was a little bit uh, rich for my blood when I was when I was drafting. Although I love I I'm gonna completely miss Aaron Rodgers as a player. He's super fun to watch. And like there's a there was a picture of a, a Packers fan who when they were playing Dallas and there's a picture of him you know a selfie with all the Dallas fans cheering and they go he said at the top said haha they're cheering uh, but they give Aaron Rodgers 118 on the clock left so. It, just missing that that player in the NFL and his ability to make games so interesting, no matter the scenario, is just going to be sad. I mean, it's just as like, I, I, you know, I, I cheer for the Vikings and it's good for their division hopes, but I would rather have it be more competitive and have Aaron Rodgers in there than that. So, anyway, that wasn't that wasn't great. And that it doesn't. So I was laughing a little bit earlier as we were talking about this with Gordon Hayward, who has a lot of time to get fresh haircuts. Uh, one. Cause he always has a great haircut and is super stylish. Like, uh, but, but two, we kind of joked at the beginning, like took of calling it Gordon Hayward, like is this, cause it's supposed to be like a sad moment of the week. And it was a super sad moment that he got injured, but was it like too soon? And then I just love that, that Ryan added that little bit to it. Uh, so anyway, my other letdown was just being one. I picked up the Tampa Bay defense in a league on Sunday morning from Saturday night to Sunday morning and forgot to put them in while I was on my way to my in-laws. 
And that's just irresponsible. And that's three times now, three times this year, I have made roster mistakes. And I joined a lot more, you know, a few more leagues this year. And it's just harder than I was anticipating. And the time is running out. And then, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess uh, two would just be starting uh, T.Y. Hilton over DeMarco Murray on Monday night and losing because of that. Yeah, that stinks. Mm. That stinks. Well, let's talk about some some happier things. And you know, no matter where you are, whether you are, um, you know, zero and six, and you, you're not going to make the playoffs, or you're you're six and zero, five and one. Um, the great thing about dynasty is that you can always make deals to improve your team. So we're going to get into some buys and sells. And we're going to talk about some guys that you can buy to make your team better this year and beyond. And we're going to talk about some guys that you can sell to, to make your team better um, this year and beyond. <laughs> so, Will, why don't you go first? Because I, I'm looking at the show sheet, and the first guy that you have listed here, he's a buy, and I'm, I'm really curious about this buy. And this, this is a – I know, you know, the, maybe week six was the, um, the return of the, the old dudes in the NFL, and they were showing they could still play. But I don't know, man. Talk about your first guy. Yeah, and I think that's totally fair. And I, I was curious about this, and I kind of had it in the back of my head. And so I wanted to get some kind of anecdotal evidence about Marshawn Lynch and kind of the way the Raiders worked last year versus this year because Latavius Murray had a very interesting year last year to end up as an RB1. It was very touchdown heavy in what he was doing. But I was just wondering, you know, like how was he rushing at the beginning of the season because uh, it's, it's a very similar offensive line. There hasn't been a lot of changes to turnover on that offense. Like, it still should be high-powered. Hopefully they get things right uh, going here in the future. But anyway, uh, so I was looking at it. So last year, if you look at the, the first six weeks of the season, Latavius Murray averaged 11.5 carries and 46.5 yards per game. So definitely not, not blowing the, the doors off anybody on a, on a carry in yards. And I was looking at that. I mean, he had, he had more touchdowns than Lynch, but – we're going to kind of bypass that at the moment because they're a little bit more random. But then when you look at the beast this year, he's averaging 11.67 carries. So just a little bit more, but less yards at like 42.83. And I don't want to just like harp on the stats the whole time. What I want to get at is saying it's not the first time in the Raiders history in that we've seen a running back start slow when it comes on a carry per game basis. They're being conservative with Marshawn Lynch. They're not putting him out there in situations that they think it's just going to run him into the ground. They want him to last season long. And it showed in the fantasy like stats. He hasn't had a great year so far for where you drafted him. And I think right now you can get Marshawn Lynch for pennies on the dollar. Last year, you know, and Latavius did miss a couple of games. If you look at after those first six, he averaged just under 16 carries a game, just under 64 yards a game. And that's including one terrible week at the end of the year with five carries for 11 yards. And I included that in these, but it's just saying it's, I just feel it's more likely to go up than down. And where I've seen Marshawn Lynch getting sold for in the leagues that I'm in. And when people are talking about him, everybody's like, he's just terrible. You know, he's been, he's been on that, uh, you know, drop radar and things like that. And to me, I've, I've put offers out there. I'm trying to require as much Marshawn Lynch as I can right now because he's cheap and his upside is incredible. Trey, what do you what do you think of that? Are you trying to go out and get Marshawn Lynch? Um, I'm not. You know, I coming into this season, uh, one of the concerns I had about Marshawn was his age, 
and the fact that he's fairly, uh, fairly uh, far removed from being a truly productive uh, running back in the NFL. So, you know, the usage I think makes a lot of sense because I think Oakland is a team that came into this season with playoff aspirations. And so you're talking about, uh, you know, the 16 game regular season is just the beginning. If you're looking at, you know, um, two, three or four games in the, in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, in a, you know, 19 or 20 game potentially season, I mean, the touches he's getting, I, I mean, you know, the last, I think he has four catches on the season. So he's a guy that has to get work in the running game. He's just not catching the football. Um, and I think that he has gotten um, 12 and 13 carries each of the last two games. The two games before that was single digits. So I, I think the concern is that Oakland's offense has kind of been struggling. So he's not getting those touchdown opportunities. Um, he's not getting the heavy workload. Now, could that change? Yes. Um, but I just am concerned. I, he was a guy that I had a lot of questions about coming into the season. Um, and, and I'll be completely honest. I haven't watched Oakland play a lot, so I can't tell you how good he's looked when he is touching the ball. Um, I don't hate the optimism, um, considering his outlook for the rest of the season, because I think Oakland is at a point, you know, especially starting this week playing Kansas city, I mean, they've got to win and they've got to start putting some wins together if they're going to really make a run at the playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out, but I, I haven't been a Lynch believer for this season. And um, so I don't know that I'd be acquiring him, but you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out. It, for me, it probably depends on price because Will, you make a complete argument. Um, you know, I just, I just worry that we know we, you know, reports going into the season were that Oakland wanted to be conservative with his usage. They wanted to preserve him. And that seems to be what's happening. Um, you know, so you have to worry about that. If you, if this is a guy you're going to start week in and week out, how much he gets used. So what is your, um, what is, what, what price are you willing to pay Will for, for Marshawn? Uh, it just depends on season long and dynasty. And this is kind of like maybe a season long take, like if you're a contender to try to require him. And I think the, the offer I put out there, and this was probably because I, I just I was, I had a lot of receivers and I wanted him, was I threw out Jarvis Landy, Landry for Marshawn Lynch on a very – I mean, it's very team-dependent. So, Ooh. But this is also to back up what I'm saying here. So oh, I, I don't want to, again, like just harp on it over and over again. But so Oakland was 5-1 and one last year and had some very positive game scripts. And Latavius Murray still had one less carry through the first six games than Marshawn Lynch this year. This year they are 2-4. and four. They haven't had his great game scripts, and uh, I just – and it, it, I guess it's just saying, like, I don't think Marshawn Lynch has looked slower. I don't think he's looked worse, and I just have a belief in him in the rest of the year. And I get that that's a huge overpay, and I may, that might not be the best example of his value. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but, like, but like let's, say, let's say if somebody needs a receiver and you throw them uh, something like Devin Funches for Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it probably is team dependent too, because if, if you need a running back, you might be willing to overpay a little bit. Trey, what do you think? What do you think of those deals? I mean, Jarvis Lander obviously is an extreme example, I would think, but what about Funches for Lynch? You're, you're desperate for running backs. You, you've uh, maybe you're the Zeke owner. You think you're going to lose them. Um, you lost Alvin cook. What, what do you think? Yeah. Devin Funches um, is a guy 
in Dynasty that I'd rather have than Marshawn Lynch right now. I I guess the biggest for me the the probably the only um, realm where I'd be looking to acquire Marshawn Lynch would be in redraft because I think moving forward that Lynch's value. I mean th- this is I actually just looked while we're talking and it was 2014 the last productive season that he had in the NFL his 2015 season. Um, he, uh, looks like I think only played six or seven games, rushed for 400 yards, um, averaged less than four yards of carry. And then of course didn't play last year. So, you know, he's three years removed from his most productive. I, I mean, I, you know, everybody, uh, was doubting Adrian Peterson up until this last week with the change of scenery and the touches that he got out in Arizona. So it's not that he can't turn it around. I don't know a whole lot about Oakland's upcoming schedule. I know their offensive line continues to grade out pretty high. Um, it's just the the workload. And, you know, I, I don't I, – I will say that I don't think Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington, other than the passing game, have, have looked real impressive. So, if it's all about workload. Um, but in, in a redraft setting, I think I'd probably be more interested if I was running back needy and acquiring Lynch. But, again, like you said, it's all about price. and. You know, you could take a shot. If you really need a running back, you know, you could take a shot and see see what, what he does the rest of the – I mean, if he, if he has one big game, the price is going to go way up. And so the, that, that, the kind of beginning – I meant for it to be redraft-oriented at the, at the beginning. In, in Dynasty, like let's say you have a pretty good team and you think you're going to do pretty well, would you give up a second rounder? That, that was with the Landry trade. Sorry. That's what I was referencing. <laughs> anyway, on the redraft side. So late second rounder for Marshawn Lynch. In Dynasty. Yeah. Um, I, it depends on team makeup. I, I might make the move, depending on what else I could, who else I could acquire. Um, you might be able to do better than that. I mean, here's a question for you guys. I, I don't, we don't know when he's going to come back, but what about like, uh, like it probably depends on scoring format, but what about like a Danny Woodhead? like looking long-term, like close out the year. Would you rather have Denny Woodhead or would you rather have uh, Beast Mode? Oh, the Beast. Easily. Trey? What about half-point uh, PPR, Trey? Was near an option? I, <laughs> I'm no. just trying to think of someone that's – Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. You might be uh, – maybe you can't get anyone from a late, uh, better than a late second. So probably for a late second, that's probably good. And you know, if I'm a – if I'm struggling and, and, and I own Marshawn Lynch and, and I want to get something, I might sell him for that. Because I don't know that you can get more. Maybe you can, though, if you're the Marshawn Lynch owner. I'd try. And it's a little, it's a little bit down narrative street in comparing the, the last year's six games versus this first year's six games. And it's not the what, – what I'm trying to say here, this isn't the best in the world comparison. What I want to say is, like, as if it just isn't the first time it's happened with this team. Uh, and I believe in him. So I guess that, I'll end it with that. So let's move on. I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about Skittles. And now we're going to talk about a guy. His last name is Kittle. That's right, everybody. My buy is George Kittle. I've been waiting all show to make that transition. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, the reason I, 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 so I was looking at, like, my, you know, buys and sells. And, and I've been thinking about this guy. And I, I looked at the numbers. And, and he's kind of interesting because he's not – he doesn't, like – um, like if you look at the standings for, for tight ends, he doesn't just like pop off the page so far. He's uh, 14th right now in PPR scoring um, for tight ends, but he's showing some things that are the, the really positive. Um, he has eight red zone targets, for example, um, 
which you know he's 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 you know he's behind Gronk, but he but he's right up there. Um, he's only behind Gronk with four targets inside the ten yard line. So you know they're they're targeting him in the in the red zone, which is exciting. We know that um, you know Bethard is now the QB, and they play together. Where will where do they play together? College ball. God bless the University of Iowa. That's right, University of Iowa. So they have that chemistry, and I buy into that. I buy into that narrative that they have that chemistry with one another. His targets are increasing. Um, you know, the, he had nine targets two weeks ago and eight last week. I think he's kind of a nice guy that you could probably get from an owner that, you know, hasn't just, you know, Kittle doesn't, isn't a sexy name yet. And I think he's going to have a good career. He's a guy you could get now that's going to help your team now if you need a tight end. And he's a guy that can help you in the future. You know, maybe you can take, um, somebody like Adam Shaheen who, um, has, you know, was, was drafted higher, who hasn't really done much and, and send him off, get Kittle. Kittle's going to help you now and help you later. Not that, that he's going to be better than Shaheen down the road. Who knows? So I like George Kittle. I, I like him as a buy because I think he can help you now. I, I like his potential, and I think he can help you down the road. So what do you guys think of that? I'm going to ask Trey first because Will probably loves George Kittle, I imagine. Yeah. You know, I am all about this take. And I'll tell you what, if you're going to buy if – you, if you're on board with Ryan here – and you're going to go out and try and buy George Kittle, you've got until this weekend because the chemistry between a guy like Bethard and Kittle having played together in college cannot be overstated. Uh, the other thing that can't be overstated is la- going into the game last week, um, C.J. Bethard was not taking first-team reps because he was going into the game as a backup. So this week, going into this upcoming game, He's going to be taking first-team reps. He's going to be preparing as if he were the starter. And I would be shocked if George Kittle didn't improve on the numbers that he's put up these last couple games as impressive as they've been. So I really, truly think that – I mean, you know, Will kind of turned me on to player profiler in the offseason. And if you look – I'm looking at it right now. uh, George Kittle's player profiler across the five metrics that they do – well, there's six if you include the sport, the spark. The worst, he's 88th percentile. His agility score, 100th percentile. His 40-yard dash and speed score, 94th and 95th percentile. His spark is 88th percentile. So you're talking about a guy who's 6'4", 250 pounds, and is an athletic freak. So I'm I'm all in. I think if you can get this guy, um, now is the time to do it. He he's he would he would be a firm buy for me. Will, you, so you probably have a lot start, of Kittle, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, a fair amount of Kittle. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to Iowa, uh, it is gonna, it, it, it's probably going to hurt my dynasty teams because I'm such a homer uh, and an Iowa fan. But, so, pop quiz, uh, how many catches do you think Kittle had in his senior season at Iowa? I know it's low because his college statistics are not, they, they do not pop out on the page. I, I it's been a while since I looked at it, but uh, yeah, he wasn't. Don't be cheating, Trey. I see you looking. Oh no, I'm not looking at that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see where he's going ADP. I'd say probably 30. I'll take the under. When you got to say a number, you can just take the under. 29. <laughs> he had 22, 22 catches his senior season at Iowa. Okay, now how many catches does George Kittle have in the NFL so far? 23. 
I, I think he has like 30. It's, it's 21 oh. uh, through six weeks. But we, we split. One last match, then his whole year <laughs> as a senior at Iowa. And you want to talk about, I think maybe Iowa potentially underused this guy in his athleticism. Uh, and so that is the only disappointing fact of George Kittle. And I had, you know, I tried to get him wherever I could. And I got really sad if anybody else drafted him or picked him up off the waiver wire in Dynasty Leagues. And he's actually been relevant. I've used him in a redraft league, and he's been relevant. So I, I, it's almost like my take should be taking with a grain of salt because I think you should get all the George Kittle you possibly can, and I love you, George Kittle. All right, so we're, we're all in agreement there by George Kittle. Go out and get him now. Let, let's move on to, to Trey's uh, buy this evening. Yeah, so ironically, um, I'm going to propose that this gentleman – is going to firmly be a buy for some teams and a sell for others. In the dynasty landscape, there is a wide receiver that I believe has a very short time frame for which he can contribute to your team. But during that time, I think he's going to be able to be a real difference maker for you. And that is Larry Fitzgerald, another old man in Arizona. I think probably the consensus among the football community is this is potentially Larry Fitzgerald's last season. I think there's a lot of people that expect Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald to hang it up after this year. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, if you've been, you know, watching the Cardinals offense these last few games, getting John Brown healthy, um, Larry Fitzgerald is third in the league in targets right now behind only um, Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. He scored a touchdown in three of the last four games. And in two of the last four games, he's had uh, 10 or more catches and 100 or more yards in, in two of those four games. So I think that this is a guy that if you are a contender, if you are four and two, five and one, or, or you know, God bless you if you're six and oh, um, Larry Fitzgerald is a guy that can immediately be a contributor for your team down the stretch and, and all honesty, he's probably a guy that you can get for a second round pick. I don't think that someone, um, if, if uh, on the flip side of that, if you're two and four, if you're one and five, if it's obvious that you're out of it for this year, Larry Fitzgerald has zero value for you likely heading into next season. So if you can turn Larry Fitzgerald into a second round draft pick, I mean, if you can get a first-round pick for him, I would be all in on that. But in all likelihood, if I'm a, a contender, I'm going to try and buy Larry Fitzgerald for a second. I'm going to try and give, you know, give give one a young rookie that maybe has a little bit of bang, um, you know, someone that you um, are willing to to do without to add a, a championship type wide receiver to your roster. So Larry Fitzgerald's a guy I think I'd be adding if I were a contender and selling if I was heading towards a rebuild. I really like that. Um, you, you might recall um, during training camp, Larry Fitzgerald gave this interview and he's talk he's, he's spoken with guys, um, you know, like, like Peyton Manning about like when to retire. He doesn't want to go out and be like this shell of himself. He doesn't want to play next year and, and just be horrible and, and go out poorly. He wants to go out on top, on the top of his game. And I think he has a self-awareness. He's a very intelligent man. He has a self-awareness to know that, you know, this year may, may be his last great year. And if he plays again, he may not have it. So I think that's a good take. I mean, it's possible he comes back. Maybe he feels great. Maybe he thinks he can perform next year. Who knows? I mean, the guy's in great shape, but 
I like it. I like it a lot. Definitely can help a contender. And if, if you're not contending and you have Larry Fitzgerald, it doesn't make any sense to hold on to him. Uh, I, I totally agree. Will, any other thoughts on Larry Fitzgerald? Do you agree with this or you want to? Well, he probably shouldn't ask Peyton Manning for advice on when to retire. <laughs> no, but, but, but Peyton, uh, Peyton did get it right. I get that he won a Super Bowl, but he was like shovel passing things to, to wide receivers. Uh, and, and I think that's totally, totally fair. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, on, I'm on board the Larry Fitzgerald train. Uh, one, he's from Minneapolis. Uh, number two, he almost went to Iowa. And I'll stop with those takes after this. But I think he's going to have a great season. They're, they're built around him be, being funneled through the offense there. And he's not ever going to play if he's not – like he's, he's going to stay in like tip-top shape the rest of the season. So I'm, I'm buying Larry Fitz. I love the Iowa-Minnesota reference as well because I worry that I, I talk about the Bears too much. But I want, every time I have that thought, I'm like, no, no. I don't mention the Bears as much as Iowa comes up on the show. So I think I'm okay. <laughs> It was uh, so there was a thing on ESPN a long time ago about the recruiting for colleges, and they were talking about the two uh, biggest recruits that you know people in the Iowa recruiting uh, community, like they're, they're you know they're people who they had missed out on. Uh, number one was Larry Fitzgerald, and number two was Matt Ryan. So it just is. I mean, I think I'm more more disappointed about Larry Fitzgerald, but uh, those are two. I mean, Matt Ryan won an MVP, so. I almost had those guys, but then they didn't. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> if you're looking for a college team to cheer for, one problem I don't have in fantasy football is I'm a University of Illinois fan. And, you know, Geronimo Allison is about as tempting as it gets to roster guys in fantasy football from University of Illinois. <laughs> so just just throw that out there. I might be <laughs> But uh, uh, Jeff George hasn't played in a while. Um, <laughs> all right. So – on that note, it's time to transition into some cells. And let's quickly go through our cells, gentlemen. Um, Will, do you want to go first with your cell? Or do you have a couple of cells? <laughs> well, because I, I mixed it up. Because I couldn't find a ton of cells that I was loving. And so I wanted to say uh, just uh, – it, it'll, it'll be it'll, – uh, this one is going to be a little bit shorter than what I went in with, uh, with Beast Mode there. And it's Eric Decker. Uh, Mariota came back. Eric Decker had nine targets, 88 yards last game. You know, a lot of catches. He looked good when playing. He was back to his basically always being open self. And as soon as Mariota gets more and more healthy, if you look at the games he's played, uh, you know, Decker's had more targets. And it, Corey Davis, his injury is just getting kind of like further and forth, further pushed out. And so I guess long story short, the owner of Eric Decker in a dynasty league is going to sell him super cheap. And the owner of Eric Decker in a redraft league, there probably isn't one. He's probably on the waiver wire. I've been scooping him up everywhere because his upside is massive. He has The one thing he has not been doing this year is what he is best at, and that's producing touchdowns. So I think he was, will be able to do that moving forward. But, Will, what about one Corey Davis? He's set to come back. Doesn't that hurt Decker's value? It, he's been so up and down. Do you really trust that Corey Davis is going to play a lot down the stretch the rest of this year? Once he's healthy, I do trust that, and I think he's going to be awesome. Wasn't he healthy before? He hasn't been healthy, really, this whole process. He wasn't healthy before the draft, and he, and he was healthy for, like, a game. Uh, no, no I, I don't know that's going to happen. I'm just joking. And I, like, I like Corey Davis. but um, I'll add to it. I'll add to it, though. Uh, Corey, has Eric Decker ever performed well next to another great receiver? Hmm. Uh, yeah, you got me on that one, I guess. Trey, Trey what, what are your thoughts on Eric Decker? Uh, buy down the stretch? 
You know, he's got some nice matchups coming up. And the one thing I'll say about Eric Decker is that he can be a force in the red zone. He has zero touchdowns this year. And so I do anticipate we could see a little bit of positive regression. Mariota was out. He appears to be back doing well. I think they – do they play Cleveland this week? And then they have a bye. I think – I might be wrong about that. You are correct. At least Cleveland this week. So – and and to be honest, Ryan, I think that your perspective about Davis um, is good. Um, but I think it could actually help Decker because I think Davis and his presence on the outside is going to allow Decker a little more room to work in the middle of the field. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure Decker's being used mostly in the slot, or at least that was their plan for him. So if, if you've got Richard Matthews and Corey Davis on the outside and you have the running game that the Titans have and Mary's a, a threat to run it, I think he could produce for Decker. So, I mean, he, he just had his most productive game of the season this last year. And, and I really do bet, you know, dynasty redraft, either one, I bet you could get, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, Will, that, you know, you said he could even be got, gotten off waivers. So I, he's kind of a guy that hasn't even been on my radar at all. So uh, kudos for you to, you know, for bringing up someone that's kind of off the radar of, of Yoda and, um, you know, <laughs> Could I, you know, you're talking about a guy that could, could have put up 80, 90 yards in a touchdown week in and week out down the stretch and, and be a flex play that takes you uh, into the playoffs. So that, I, th- I think that's a great, uh, great take. So will you preface this by talking about this was supposed to be like a buys part of the, uh, or excuse me, sells part of the segment, but we had problems, you know, coming up with sells. Trey's got some in a second, but my next guy I, I'm pretty sure he's a sell, but I want to talk about him because I'm confused by him, and that's Nelson Aguilar. Um, you, you know, if you look at the rankings, he's in a wide receiver two right now, um, in both standard half point PPR. Um, but he has four touchdowns. That's part of it. He only has you know about a 14% target share there in Philadelphia. He's definitely like maybe the number four option. Of course, you've got Zach Ertz, who's been unbelievable. You've got Alshon, you know, my favorite guy. And then the, the kind of the Philadelphia running backs. So maybe he's like the fourth option in that offense. But on, on the other hand, he's younger. You know, he's got some some uh, high draft capital invested in him. He's building that relationship with Wentz, that this ascending offense. So I'm not so sure. Maybe he's more of a hold. But I kind of feel that, you know, he doesn't have a ton of targets. You know, he has a disproportionate amount of touchdowns that there's some regression coming. So what do you guys think of Nelson Aguilar? I mean, I don't think he's like a sexy name where I can, hey, guys, he's for sale in my league and everyone's going to come sending me offers. So there's that. He doesn't have the name recognition. But I don't know what to think of the guy. So what do you guys think of him? Trey? I think right now I would be a hold on Nelson Aguilar unless I'm getting – unless someone's pricing him at where his production is. So for me right now, Nelson Aguilar is a guy that I actually picked up in a couple leagues coming into this season because I read, and and I wish I knew who it was so I could give them credit, but I had read a series of tweets that someone put up. um, And it was before Jordan Matthews was traded, but it was um, basically to the effect of um, Nelson Aguilar. People forget this guy was a first round draft pick. And it takes a, some, some of these guys a few years to really get acclimated to the NFL. So I think that Nelson Aguilar, great talent coming out of high school, um, big-time recruit. So the talent's there. The draft capital's there. So you're, you're talking about a guy who could actually be coming around as an NFL wide receiver. 
He's currently wide receiver 15. He's kind of like a Deshaun Jackson uh, boomer bust. He, you know, he, I don't think he's had more than five or six catches in any one game. So most of his big games have been, you know, two, three, four catches for uh, 60, 70 yards and a touchdown. Um, but he's a guy that I think I'd hold unless I'm getting a first round draft pick or unless, you know, I'm really getting someone that's paying up for that wide receiver 15 value. I think I might hold him. I don't think he's a top 15 dynasty wide receiver, but he's a guy that I'd be super happy to throw in the flex because, you know, if he does get me 60 yards and a touchdown, um, you know, that's a positional advantage in most, most leagues, most weeks in the flex position. So I, I almost think I'd be holding. What, what do you think, Will? Where are you on Aguilar? I just would. I, I, <clears throat> so <laughs> I'm not going out to seek Aguilar. I'm not going out to sell him because unless just what do you get for him? He's like this enigma. You know, he got drafted really high. He's like your standard highly drafted wide receiver from the past. It's taken, this is his third year. It's taken a little while to get into the league. Or is this his fourth year? It's fourth or third. I think it's third. So this is his third year, which used to be the standard, like takes three years to understand the NFL for wide receivers. And he's athletic and he's finally catching the ball. He's not dropping and not, he doesn't have the yips like he used to have. And that move that he put on, uh, now I can't remember the defender's name and, and on that touchdown and just like stiff armed him and then ran it in. That was how, sweet. First of all, how much fun was that? Uh, sweet. That was so sweet. Uh, and so he looks really good and Alshon's on a one year contract. So in dynasty, if you can get him, like what if somebody was like, Hey, we give me a third round pick for Aguilar. What are you guys saying? Uh, uh, oh, I, I would be buying a third round pick. I'd be buying for Nelson Aguilar right now. I mean, I just looked him up on player profiler. His best comp is Jeremy Macklin. Um, you know, Jeremy Macklin's one of those guys that's never super sexy to own, but just constantly producing. So I, for a third round pick, there's no way I would sell. And, and if I, if someone came to me and said, Hey, will you give me a third round pick for Nelson Aguilar? I'd buy him. I mean, cause you're talking about a guy that, if he continues to ascend, I mean, he's done nothing leading up to this year. So this could just be the tip. I mean, th- he, he may not be peaking. This might not be his ceiling. Um, so I, I think a third round pick, I'd be a buyer. I'm just confused because yeah. like, it's, it's value so hard because he's averaging five targets a game. That's, that's just not, that's not breakout target levels, you know? And that's, that's kind of where my yeah. confusion comes around him. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I would keep, I would give a third round pick for him just because a third round pick is, is kind of a roll of the dice anyway. And so is Aguilar at this yeah. point in my mind. Just yeah, a okay. better odds roll of the dice. So we're all kind of on the same page. So I feel better. I feel better. So let's close the segment, Trey, with you've got some, uh, you know, kind of some thoughts. A lot of guys you want to mention here in terms of uh, some sells and maybe even some buys as well. I'm looking at the show notes and you've got a lot of, a lot of content here. So you, is this kind of like some general dynasty advice? Yeah, it really, it really is. Um, You know, as much as I would love to give you guys another name, I think sometimes it's, it's um, equally as advantageous to give some perspective because every league and every team is different. And and maybe you don't own uh, one particular guy that I might mention, but um, I guess if I had to, I would say at this point, you know, buy and sell draft picks and, and, you know, right now, um, of course, you know, draft picks are worth less now than they will be in the offseason, and they're worth much less now 
than they will be right before the draft. So if you're in a position where you're rebuilding and, and the guys I listed were, you know, some of these aging veterans like an AP, um, a Jordy, a Fitz, you know, um, LaShawn McCoy, uh, DeMarco Murray, you know, some of these aging veterans that you don't anticipate to be able to continue to produce at the same level that they are currently. Um, if you are not a contender, um, I don't know that keeping those guys on your roster moving forward in a dynasty format is doing you a lot of good. Whereas there, you know, maybe someone in your league that has Zeke and they're worried that they're going to lose Zeke. Um, maybe they've got some, some bad bye weeks coming up and, and, you know, maybe they really do have a talented team, but they're two and four and they're really trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, be shopping those guys. And then on the flip side of that, um, if you're a contender, don't be afraid. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, I just gave up a first round pick, which I expect to be um, later. I expect that, that team to make the playoffs. And so I just gave up that first round pick to buy Tom Brady, who doesn't have a lot of time left. But for me, you know, that was instead of taking a late first round um, shot at a rookie, I wanted to bring in a guy that I think is going to be a top three quarterback rest of the season uh, to really cement my status as a contender in that league. So, uh, you know, just this is a week in and week out. Assess your team. Where are you? Are you scoring well, but your record doesn't reflect that? Or is your – I mean, if you're four and two and you're one of the three or four worst scoring teams in the league, like it's not going to surprise me if you're six and seven or – you know, five and eight and miss the playoffs. So, you know, don't just evaluate your record, evaluate your actual team, you know, buy and sell draft picks. If, if you're rebuilding, if you think you've got a shot, don't be afraid to, to, to make a move on some of these guys. And, and then the other thing, last thing I'll say real quick, if you are rebuilding, don't forget about some of these injured guys. You know, um, uh, Allen Robinson is a great example. I, I actually own Allen Robinson, a league where I'm a strong contender. And I've been trying to move him to see if I can add a solid piece. Man, nobody wants to give me anything for Allen Robinson. And so basically it's led me to start trying to buy him in the couple leagues that I'm in that I don't own him because I think to myself, this is a guy that's top 10 wide receiver talent. He's likely not going to be back in Jacksonville next year, but I would be interested to see. I'm disappointed he got hurt with the running game and the way Leonard Fournette is, is bursting through and, and running the ball there in Jacksonville, I would be, I would have loved to have seen what Allen Robinson could have done there this year. Uh, he's a guy that I think in, in 12 months could be in the top 10 in the NFL and receiving. And I, he's just getting dis, disrespected significantly. So um, it, don't forget about those injured guys. Maybe Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Maybe you get some of those guys at a discount. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago when when uh, Jordy was was hurt, and then he came back and had that you know huge year last year, and is, is playing well this year. So there's always examples. There there are always bargains, injured guys, because they they just they do lose some value. And uh, you know, yeah, that's that's a good point, Trey. Really good point. Will anything to build or on on to Trey's point, or or shall we move on to? No, I think she's great advice. Yeah, I think it's really solid advice. Definitely. We are going to move on to our next segment, and that, of course, is our Twitter follow of the week. And this week, uh, the Twitter follow is um, is Zach Morris himself. At least that's his Avi. 
um, Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves. And he's a great Twitter uh, follow. And I love this tweet that he sent out on October 16th, uh, at Lord Reeves, um, L-O-R-D-R-E-E-B-S. The tweet was, Chris Thompson now has more 100-yard uh, 100-yard receiving games than Julio, Evans, Michael Thomas, Jordy, Amari, and Des combined through a third of the year. That's really interesting. And there's a lot that we can discuss surrounding this tweet. Um, maybe the first place to start would be, what's going on in Washington? You've got Kirk Cousins, who's having a, a nice year. But if you look at his wide receivers, you, you look at Jordan Reed, not so much. So what do we make of that you know, situation in Washington? What do we make of Chris Thompson, um, both in redraft and dynasty? To me, he's one of those guys that just, just keeps blowing my mind. I mean, he keeps, he keeps performing. Um, I have to look up where he is um, in, in PPR formats, where he ranks. I think he's in the like number seven or something crazy like that. Uh, so, so Will, you want to lead us off? What do you think of this tweet? And what, let's talk about Washington in particular. What, what's going on there? What can we make of the situation? What should we do about it? Yeah, it's it's so the the tweet is is awesome because you have all these super elite wide receivers getting outdone by the receiving back on the Washington Redskins offense. Uh, that wasn't supposed to be like, he wasn't supposed to be much this year. I think everybody was underselling him. You could grab him at the end of drafts. He probably went undrafted in some redraft leagues, things like that. My thing is, I guess, and maybe, maybe I'm just being the eternal optimist is I think Washington, Washington can still turn it around. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to sell Trell Priorlo if I have him. I'm trying to buy these guys. Like trying to like crowd her off the waiver wire if people have dropped him. Uh, trying to grab and, and make a deal for Trell Pryor if he's still available and that person isn't doing so hot and they're trying to like turn their team around and trying to get it going. Uh, I love the. I, I guess I don't love the situation and how things have been going so far, but I guess in, in general, I just I believe that they they have to be at their bottom right now. If they get any lower you shouldn't pay more than what you feel comfortable with dropping. Yeah, no, I, that, that's, that's interesting. Um, uh, so, so picking up Crowder, picking up uh, Pryor, uh, Trey, what do you think of the Washington situation? What do you think of Thompson? What do you think of these wide receivers? I mean, one of the things that you hear about everywhere is like Dotson, especially in the redraft. It's like, get, pick up Dotson, put him on your roster. Cause he's going to, he's going to break out. And I think in dynasty to get, to get him, you're, you're going to have to overpay. If you really believe in him, it's going to be tough. Cause I think the Dotson owner is already a believer. So, so what do you, what do you make of the situation, Trey? Yeah, I think that, you know, and I just looked it up. You might've as well. Um, and, and this is half PPR. Chris Thompson is running back seven. And what's even crazier is he's already has bye week. So, I mean, that's only in five games. So in five games, he's running back seven, which is just unbelievable. Um, so I, I think he's one of those guys that probably if you own him, you're probably not going to get someone to pay what you'd really want to sell him because what you'd want is running back seven value. Um, on the flip side of that, if you're going to try and buy him, it's probably going to be difficult to acquire because whoever it is that um, owns him is going to want that same value in return. So he's probably a guy that you're going to just have to hold and continue to play. I like, you know, um, 
as a little bit of a flash forward to the hot takes. Um, I really like um, Kirk Cousin, and I really like um, that offense moving forward. I think that they're going to start to put some things together. And um, so I, I would be buying, you know, Josh Doxson's a guy like you just mentioned. I think he'd be tough to buy because he's starting to show some flashes. Um, and, I, Will, I do like your take about maybe trying to buy Terrell Pryor or Jamison Crowder. Um, Jordan Reed's a guy I'd probably just stay away from with the injuries um, because Washington's had a really tough time running the ball. I do think Rob Kelly coming back healthy is going to probably help in that in that um, department, and I think that that's going to help the offense as a whole. So I'm pretty excited about the Washington offense moving forward. Yeah, they need Kelly back. Pirine has been a huge disappointment. Got a lot of hype. I, you know, not a guy I really loved, but I kind of bought into the hype, and I drafted him in a couple of leagues, and I really regret it. Uh, I just think Pirine is 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 a guy that is just just doesn't doesn't have it for the NFL. Um, what about these these uh, wide receivers that are? But he caught a touchdown. He caught he, a touchdown. He did. It was very <laughs> exciting. He's uh, <laughs> supposed to catch zero catches all year. Um, okay, so what what about these wide receivers that were mentioned in this tweet? Um, guys like Julio, like Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Jordy, Amari, Dez. Uh, are we worried about any of these guys? And uh, let's talk about for this season, not not dynasty so much. And then. Are the any of these guys gonna like bounce back? I mean, obviously, Jordy lost Aaron Rodgers, and we can talk about Brett Hundley. I'd love to actually because he's very intriguing. I'm really intrigued to see what Hundley does this week because if you look at you know his profile, talk about a guy that in college was was you know proficient, uh, high completion percentage. I think he kind of checks off a lot of boxes for you. Isn't that Green Bay system? I know he had that bad game against. Uh, you know, Minnesota, but he was thrust into action. So he's very intriguing. I mean, he could, he could turn out to be a huge surprise. He could turn out to be a total bust. I have no idea what's going to happen with him. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm all over the place. I guess I'm, now I'm, you know, transitioning to Hunley and your thoughts. But, but what about these wide receivers? Maybe talk about Jordy, Amari, Dez, Michael Thomas. Any thoughts on any of these guys? Trey, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I continue. I, I think that most of these guys are, are guys that you've got to continue to roll out there and believe that they're going to um, perform for you. These are studs. I mean, you, you have to start your studs. I mean, Julio, we know what he can do. Mike Evans, we know what he can do. Um, Dez, I think, has had some really tough matchups and I think has probably performed even better than a lot of people were expecting him to. I think he's a guy that's going to do really great down the stretch. Now, Michael Thomas and Amari Cooper, yeah, you know, Amari Cooper is a guy that I still believe is worth buying in Dynasty if he's being discounted to the extent that, that I've seen. Um, he's a guy that I've purchased recently, and so I, I still believe in him. I think things are going to get worked out. The talent, I think, there is, is too good for him to continue to just put up duds like he has. Um, and Michael Thomas is a guy I've never been as high on as the community. Um, I, I've not been a big believer, and one of the problems right now is that um, Drew Brees has always spread the ball around. Uh, Willie Sneed's back. Colby Fleener's there. And as we know, the you know best offensive player on New Orleans roster, Alvin Kamara, is being targeted pretty frequently. <laughs> I mean, Mark Ingram had five catches this last game. He, he's just going to spread it around. So I, I don't know that. Uh, but I, I think your, your Evans and your Dez and your Julio, those are guys um, – especially the last two. Dez is not normally a 100-yard kind of guy. He's 
you're counting on more touchdowns from him. But I would imagine from here on out, Evans and Julio both are going to have quite a few hundred yards games. Will, any thoughts? What, what about uh, Hundley? I, I noticed that uh, you picked him up in one of our leagues. You spent a decent amount of fab dollars on him, and you already had several quarterbacks. So there? you must think highly of him, right? Well, so I think one uh, – I, I want to spend my fab dollars in a two-quarterback dynasty league where I think they'll be best spent and best available to my team. So when, when Rodgers goes down and Hundley is available, he's an unknown – uh, what am I going to do with these fab dollars at the end of the season? Like, I'm not going to get, I, you know, maybe I'll miss out on a running back that gets injured later in the year and the potential of that. But this is a starting quarterback in a two quarterback league that's very competitive and there's sharks in this league. Uh, so I'm going to go and I'm going to throw a high bid on him because what if he, what if he, what if he does well and my team is doing well and I can stream him in games, you know, in the rest of the year. So I'm really interested in what he's going to do. He brings more rushing to the table, although Aaron Rodgers is sneaky fast uh he's a lunch pail guy he's uh you're, you're, you know whatever whatever kind of uh, definition you know he he doesn't like not get rushing yards but i think that offense is still going to run on you know let's say five out of six cylinders and i'll still take five out of six cylinders green bags. yeah i think it's going to really depend on the on mike mccarthy because i think he's going to have to change Maybe he's going to have to change what he does for for Henley to be successful, I, I think, because because Aaron Rodgers just has a special skill set that you just can't repeat, so um, uh, or replicate rather. So no, I'm really intrigued. I mean, he's either going to surprise people or he's just going to be a total bust, is my prediction. There's no in between, in my opinion. So what we will, we shall see. We shall yeah. see. Are you guys ready to move on to the most popular segment that we have, at least in, in, between three of us? <laughs> internally hot 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 segment coming up it's the most it's the most popular segment in all dynasty podcasts Hunley is going to throw for 6,000 yards in one game so you know what I will introduce this segment hot bold spicy takes of the <laughs> week by talking about that because I think Hunley's going to have a good week like this QB in one week but but I thought I had this really hot take for the show and then I listened to like other podcasts I think John Paulson came out and said He's my, you know, I, I don't know exactly where it is. Like, he's my QB 10 this week. And I'm like, that's not so hot anymore. I guess a lot of people are, are not buying into that, that great New Orleans defense and uh, um, think that he might have a good week. I, and he could have a good week this week and not have too many more good weeks as possible. Um, so that's not one of my hot, bold, spicy takes. Um, just, just to recap, if you've never listened to the show before, first of all, welcome. Thank you for listening. Um, we have five levels of hot, bold, spicy takes. And this is a competition. And all I know, I don't have the overall standings. All I know is I'm still first because we all were awful last week. <laughs> we didn't get any of the takes right. We got partial takes. We'll talk about that in a second. We have five levels. We have banana pepper, which is not so hot. I should say banana pepper. Then we have jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. And we, uh, two of the Joes will assign points on the other the hotness of the other take to, to, to the Joe that provides the take. Um, we'll have to come to a consensus on that. So we're having a little friendly competition um, or not so friendly competition throughout the year. And I am um, on top, but um, we all kind of struck out. I, I got a little bit right. I had this, this, uh, this parlay and I did get the Steelers uh, defeating the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. That, that doesn't count. I, I, despite the, uh, the, the flukiness of that. You got a little bit right with the parlay. Like, you don't get paid in Vegas. Oh, right. And, and speaking of nothing. all or nothing, 
Trey, I guess you can't. That's like saying, hey, I kind of got to write this Julio had some yards receiving. <laughs> you can't claim partial credit, Trey, because you did call uh, two um, uh, New Orleans uh, running backs as uh, RB1s, I think, right? They both had did, great weeks, yeah. they, but they both had great weeks. So it was a good take. Um, but yeah, we, we were a little, maybe a little too bold last week with a lot of Carolina Reapers. So maybe we'll turn it down a little this week. We'll see. We'll see. So um, there's no real order here today. No one, no one uh, really deserves to go first. Um, so who, who wants to lead it off? Who, who wants to start off going with their first take? I'll lead it off. I'll start, I'll start us off here. And so I, um, well, we'll see. You guys will assign, you know, sometimes I get surprised one way or the other on, on how spicy. Um, I felt like I went a little bit warm this week um, because I'm, I'm taking a couple takes that have multiple parts again, kind of like last week. So I'm going to start with this first one. And um, that is that probably one of my favorite rookies to watch and, and watching his development and seeing how he's been used with his team. Um, Evan Ingram. Uh, my hot take is that Evan Ingram leads the Giants this week in both receptions and receiving yards. That's the first part. Second part is he turns in a top five tight end week. And then the third part is that he leads the Giants to an upset victory over Seattle. And uh, last I checked, there were five and a half point underdogs at home. Uh, but but still five and a half point underdogs. So he's he's going to lead the team in receiving yards and receptions, top five tight end, and the Giants upset the Seattle Seahawks. Wow! So uh, I like that you're you're making it complicated by you're you're tying two things together. Um, three three things. Th- wait, yeah. Although, like the the receptions and receiving yards kind of turns into a top five performance. But wait, what, 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 three wait, things. three things. I'm, uh, so you've got the you've got the Giants winning. Actually, you could say four things. Receptions, oh, receiving yeah, yeah. yards, right, right. top five tight end, and the upset. That's yeah, four that things. Four things. That, that's a lot. It's a, it's, a, it's a parlay right there, my friends. So I'm, I'm going Carolina Reaper right off the bat. That's way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, burning through your tongue, Carolina Reaper, just met, like, what the kind of Vegas odds you get on that bad boy would be. That, yeah, you, you <laughs> would. You, you would get, um, get, get some good. Uh, uh, good odds. So yeah, I'll go Carolina Reaper. How can I argue that? Because there's there's so much that has to to go right for you, and um, I like it though. I mean, I, I think it's somewhat realistic. I think it's a Carolina. I think it's the best of both worlds. I think it's a Carolina Reaper, but I think also you can see it happening. It's not totally out of the question that all these things happen because Evan Ingram is is the the real deal. And uh, the Giants could, could win. Uh, you know, Seattle's coming off a bye week, but they have to travel. So, no, I like it, Trey. That's nice. That's a good way to lead off. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, Will, what, you, you have any other thoughts or you want to go next? Uh, I mean, it's just like the, the whole parlay aspect of it. You know, like, what, 60% chance to lead in receptions, let's say? 60% receiving yards, maybe? So we're already getting super risky. Uh, so definitely Carolina Reaper. Good, good call. And then I can go – so my first bold, hot, spicy take is going to go back to my buy, and it's going to go back to a belief, and, and, and I get that there is some, some general just kind of feelings about this and watching and uh, trying to support it by numbers on the back end, and I get that that's kind of a – you know, it's not the best argument in the world, but I'm going the beast, the buy, the stud. Lynch goes for two tutties against the Chiefs, 
thus propelling him to a top 10 RB this week. Chiefs this season have given up 4.8 yards per carry and 130.7 rush yards per, per game. Only five rushing touchdowns over six games, but I still feel like that's a decent amount. So don't let all those stats fool you to why this is an okay take. This is spicy. <laughs> that that is that is spicy. I mean that is spicy because you're talking about uh, a game. Um, I'm looking at the over under right now. I don't think it's super high. You know, 46. That's not so bad. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Trey. What are your thoughts? So I wanted to clarify real quick. So you're calling that he's going to score two touchdowns and be top ten. I mean, is that yeah. The, yeah. So you're you're saying both. Uh, so I think that the, you know the Chiefs' defense is 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 good, and I think that um, you know there's always a chance of him you know scoring two touchdowns. But I think literally he's going to have to have quite a bit of yards um, to to be able to make the top ten. Um, I, I'd have to. Is it Habaneros the third level? That would be correct. I'd I'd have to say for me it's between Habanero and um, Ghost Pepper because I just don't I mean uh, Marshawn Lynch as we talked about earlier you know I you know I put my money where my mouth is kind of like I just don't I don't believe that he's still got it I don't believe that they're gonna you know use him to the extent that he would have to be used to get the yardage um, and two touchdowns I mean now you know if they've got several possessions inside the five they're gonna give him the carries so. If it were just the two touchdowns, I'd be, you know, I, I wouldn't be willing to go quite as hot. But top ten running back, um, uh, you know, I I think probably puts it up a little hotter. What do you I think, Ron? I would like to advocate going Ghost Pepper on this. If you look at the Chiefs' defense, they are yeah. um, the number fifth ranked fantasy defense against running backs. So you know, they're 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 legit against running backs. Uh, I know I know they just came off of you know Le'Veon Bell just blew up against him, but Marshawn Lynch this year is not Le'Veon Bell. Um, uh, so, yeah, you're right. He's better than Le'Veon Bell. Now that that's bold. <laughs> that that's definitely Carolina Reaper. <laughs> Rest of season. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I would I would um I would go Ghost Pepper. I'd advocate for that. But you know, if you want to go Habanero, it's it's your call, Trey. Hey. No, we'll do Ghost Pepper. Yeah, I feel like the fact that it's even a decision and a choice uh, here makes that at least. I made somewhat of a point in my buy of Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yeah, you put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. So that was that was great. Um, I, I'm just going to go. I think my first take, I'll do the uh, – so th- now I haven't had, you know, three hot, bold, spicy takes in a row that I've nailed. But three weeks in a row now I've nailed upsets, um, some pretty major ones. And this one is not as major, but I want to take Cincinnati over Pittsburgh on the road. They're – Five and a half point underdogs. Um, they're going into Pittsburgh. Um, and maybe Steelers fans wouldn't think this was such a hot, bold, spicy take because the Steelers kind of do this. They, they kind of play up to their competition and then they'll, they'll blow it against, a, you know, like the Bears, for example, this year. Um, uh, but you know, the Steelers, since 2010, are 12 and three against Cincinnati. So I think this would be quite the upset. So I'm calling it. Cincinnati over Pittsburgh. Gentlemen, I'm at your mercy. What do you think of the take? Trey? Um, well, 
I think that is Cincinnati's coming off their bye, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Am I correct in that? Coming off their bye, going into Pittsburgh. I do think it'll be a tough game, hence the, you know, five and a half point um, line. But again, you know, we've kind of talked about this and, you know, it's so these divisional matchups, it's so hard. And so to pick an underdog to go on the road and win a game is it's, it's spicy, but it's not going to be, you know, uh, top level kind of hot take. Um, you know, I, I probably would say, um, you know, the part of me that's losing to you by eight points wants me to say banana pepper. Um, uh, but I guess, you know, the fact that, um, it's a divisional matchup and Pittsburgh usually plays pretty well at home would, would lead me to maybe be willing to bump it up to jalapeno. Uh, but I'm going to let uh, Sir William make the ultimate call. Uh, one, would, would, Trey, would you start talking about even the, like my takes and Ryan's takes and kind of go into it? I'm literally sitting at the edge of my chair being like, where are we going to set this bad boy? Like, where's, where's it, where's it going to end up? Because you, you have this like way of like, like oh, this is, this is good and this is bad. And like, oh, I don't know about this. And then I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know, at least for me, it's, it's very like, uh, I'm just very interested to see the end of it. So I, I, I actually think that them going in there and winning. So one, the Giants beat uh, Denver at home. And that I felt like was the most secure eliminator bet you could possibly have oh in the NFL this year. So I'll go, uh, I mean, I'll go, I'll go a habanero. Cause I think it's, I think it's medium spot, like right in the middle of this, this, uh, but, it, you know, it, it, I'm not going to die if it's jalapeno. All right, guys, you have to come to consensus. I, I, can't, I can't make the decision for you. Yeah, I, I say we stick with jalapeno. I mean, it's the NFL, you know. Any, any team can beat any other team on a given week. So, you know, if yeah. – um, you got you got you got to run with the you you got to run with the um you know <laughs> four bet parlays if you want to get up in the that's true uh, no and, and it's and I, it's hard for me to even dispute it because look at last week you, you know I actually remember saying like I was looking at the like the the road underdogs and I, I laughed I'm like yeah and I'm not going to pick the Giants going into Denver and winning ha 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 and and they did it and 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 they dominated that game. Uh, yeah, with no receivers, and, and, with no receivers. Anyway, and, and, and yeah. you know, Miami goes into Atlanta and they, they pull that out. So it's the NFL, anybody, any, any given Sunday, any given Sunday. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. It's, it's football. It's a game of inches. All right, Trey, what's your, uh, what's your final hot, bold, spicy take of this evening? All right. Well, I'm starting to make this a pattern here. So I'm going to go a little parlay action again. I've got another two parter and I, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of let in, I, I kind of gave a little foreshadowing on this when we were talking about uh, the Washington Redskins. Um, and this might not sound super hot right off the bat, but currently ESPN projects Kirk cousins um, to score the 12th most fantasy points in the, you know, league of ballers, which I guess we had kind of decided was going to be our standard scoring with a four-point passing touchdown so I've actually got him as a top five quarterback this week and on top of being a top five quarterback this week uh, that he's going to lead his team to the upset victory over Philly and their five-point underdog so Kirk Cousins top five quarterback Washington over Philly I think that's a good take I like it Um, Will any initial thoughts on it 
Yeah, I think I think it's good for multiple reasons. The the Philly defense isn't just like pouring out the points for opposing quarterbacks as far as top five goes. Uh, I don't I don't think it's it's crazy enough to be Carolina Reaper because I kind of want to reserve that, especially after last week's debacle. So I'm I'm willing to go uh, Ghost Pepper, and I think that's I kind of think I'm set there, but. You know, everything's up for debate, and I'm, I have an open mind. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the – yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know that I like that line necessarily. I don't know that that's a tremendous upset. I'm trying to find it. It seems like I read that they have the, – oh, the, the Eagles here, I found it. The Eagles and the Skins have split their last eight meetings at Lincoln Financial Field, each winning four times. So, I, I, you know, I, I think that it's probably a pretty even matchup uh, despite the line. Um, but, and, and Cousins, a top five QB, um, you, you know, I, I see that. I, I mean, so I think, I think it's just the, the, the two takes together make it pretty, pretty hot and bold and spicy. So, Will, where were you on this again? I mean, I was, I was a pretty firm ghost pepper yeah. in between I, the two with both, with both together. I'll go with ghost pepper. I like it. I, I, I think that's, that, that's good. Good. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great, great take, but I think it's not, not quite enough to be, to be Carolina Reaper. I mean, Carolina Reaper was that. It's that not first 200 take. yards Julio Jones. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's definitely not, but it's a great take. And it, and it, <laughs> it happens. It will be quite the call. Um, uh, Will your your final hot, bold, spicy take of the evening? So this one's gonna kind of come out, kind of kind of come out of the blue at least. I feel for on my end. So was, I've been trying to look at matchups. I've been looking at a lot of things, preparing for what we're gonna chat about tonight. I wanted to have like my last, my last, you know, good, like kind of like this will be the last time I go super big if this fails. Uh, and mine is the slippery fish himself will finish as the number one running back this week. For those listeners that don't don't know who the Slippery Fish is. Too bad. You just have to guess. <laughs> uh, no, it's LaShawn McCoy. Uh, and and I, I just – I like his matchup. I like what they're doing. Uh, I don't think Jordan Matthews is going to come back and be – and if he is, he'll only be a distraction. Uh, and I just – you know, he this is going to be his – just he's just gonna have a party and he's just gonna like he's, he's gonna have a great week okay okay N- number one overall running back i mean yeah running back yeah running back over yeah number one running back overall trey no no number one running back in the northeast no i'm kidding uh, over, overall <laughs> all right so so trey a thoughts on 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 lashon mccoy number one um yeah, I mean that is that's a hot take. That for me, I mean, LaShawn McCoy, does he have a rushing touchdown on the season? I don't think he does. And I think in five games he only has I don't even think he has three hundred yards rushing. I this is Carolina Reaper to me because there is someone out there that's gonna have hundred and twenty five yards and three touchdowns. I mean, it, it seems like you know, a guy can have a great week. Like Mark Ingram last week had an amazing week and AP just had a better week. I mean, so for me, it's, it's gotta be, um, it's gotta be up there at the level of, uh, 
Reaper. And, and you know what's crazy is he probably won't score any more touchdowns. The guy that's going to get two touchdowns is um, – his name's eluding me because I'm – Mike Tolbert. Exhausted. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mike – I mean, you know, I, I think Mike Tolbert – Mike Tolbert could finish ahead of LaShawn McCoy this week, really. So, Ooh. I, yeah, I, think it's a, I, th- I think it's a – I think it's a – I think it's a uh, – I think it's a certainly a ghost pepper or a reaper. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, no, I think it's fair. I'm looking at the uh, uh, DSTs against running backs, and uh, they, they play the Bucks, and then you know the Buccaneers are kind of in the middle of the pack. But then you've got like, um, you know, Zeke plays the 49ers. You know, they're one of the worst defenses against uh, against <laughs> running backs, as an example. Um, JJIE goes against the Jets. Um, so yeah, you've got, you've got several examples here. Oh, you've got the, the Patriots. They're, they're uh, third worst against running backs and, and uh, you've got, you know, Freeman is, is going up against them. So yeah, no, I, I, I could go either way. I could go. Um, I think I could be convinced to go ghost pepper or Carolina Reaper. So what, what, what do you want to do, Trey? Yeah, let's you. do Reaper. Let's do Reaper. I think it's hard on any given week to call the number one running back. I was going to say, if this isn't Reaper, my, like, I was going to have we might I mean, I, uh, one episode. Yeah, no, I think it is Reaper. I mean, if he said top five, it's not Reaper. But, I mean, the number one running back on the week is, is definitely, I think, a, a Reaper take. All right, so I'll close out our Hot Bolt Spicy takes. I think you guys are going to like this one. Maybe not, though. Um, this one is going to get up against like all the numbers, all the things that, that, you know, um, the, 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 this season might tell you it's that Matt Ryan is not going to be a QB one this week. He is going to up against the DST, the new England Patriots. They've given up the most points to fantasy QBs. Um, they've been horrible against QBs, right? Um, they, they've given up so many po- fantasy points, but I think that, you know, the Matt Ryan just, just, well, you know, maybe he'll have an average game or mediocre game. Um, I, I, I know he's going to be motivated. It's a revenge game, right? On paper, he should just light up uh, the Patriots, but I don't think he's going to do it. Um, I, I think that Atlanta will lose. And I think Matt Ryan will look poor in the process. Do you guys know Matt, Matt Ryan has a losing record against only four teams in the NFL. Do you guys know who those four teams are? Any guesses, Trey? New or- New Orleans Saints. Yes. Well New done. England Patriots. Right. <laughs> Green, Bay, Green Bay Packers. No. Buffalo Bills. No. Two, two AFC teams. I'll tell you. It's the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers yeah. and, and the Dolphins now <laughs> after last week. Um, wow. And um, he is winless against two teams. And one of those teams, of course, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers and it's the New England Patriots. And I think that streak is going to continue. I think Matt Ryan is not the QB1, despite what everyone in the fantasy community is telling you. That's my hot, bold, spicy take. And not, not a QB1. You said the. Well, no, no. He, he, he'll be outside. He'll be a QB2 or worse. He'll be outside of the top 12. Yes. Trey, what do you think? I'm having to lead off a lot tonight. So New England. <laughs> We can, we'll go well. Fine, fine. We'll go you can, well. You can, you can drop a note in the suggestion box. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, well, it's kind of nice to go second because I feel like there's a lot of pressure going first because you kind of set the precedent for 
where the range you're starting, but that's fine. So New England has allowed 1,859 passing yards. They're the worst passing as far as yards allowed, um, which just for perspective, Philadelphia is the fifth worst, and they've allowed almost 400 yards less. Um, they're tied with Philadelphia actually as the third worst in touchdowns, 13 touchdowns. So I think that this is a very, very spicy take that he's not going to be a quarterback one. The only caveat for me is that Atlanta has so much talent in the backfield with Freeman and Coleman that Matt Ryan could throw for 320 yards and have zero touchdowns passing because they could have three or four rushing touchdowns. So that's probably the only thing that's going to prevent it from being um, a, I would say it's going to be either a, uh, ghost pepper or a uh, habanero for me. I believe Matt Ryan has a consecutive uh, touchdown um, streak though. So, I mean, yeah, it's possible he could throw zero touchdowns, but um, he's thrown 27 straight regular postseason games with at least one, one touchdown pass. Yeah. Just to help my case. What do you think, Will? I, I reserve the right to change my mind after, let me, let me hear what Will has to say. Uh well, one, I'm kind of shocked that you put Ghost Pepper out there because I was waffling between Ghost Pepper and, and Habanero in the sense of uh, Matt Ryan's just a really good QB. They have really good weapons. It, I mean, you could factor in, like, if Sanu plays or not, but, I mean, is Sanu really the big difference maker in making QB1 or not? Uh, so I would say let's just go Ghost Pepper and call it a night. Yeah. I, so I just looked it up, and on the scoring format that we are using for the, the League of Ballers scoring, Matt Ryan is – uh, expected to be the second leading scoring quarterback this uh, week, right behind Tom Brady, actually. Um, so it's a Sunday night primetime game. Yeah, I'm, it's definitely Ghost Pepper. He, for him to not finish in the top 12, especially considering that you've got guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers that are not playing. Um, there's a lot of fill-in quarterbacks. Um, I, I don't remember who all is on by this week, but I know that um, – Deshaun Watson's one of them, and Deshaun Watson's typically a quarterback one, or at least he has been the last few weeks. So I don't remember who all else is on by, but just Houston and Detroit. Okay, so that I mean that's two guys that are pretty, you know, pretty competitive for a constantly all in on Ghost Pepper. That ain't happening, Ryan. All right, we'll we'll see. It's I, I wanted to go. I wanted to Carolina Reaper with that one, but. Uh, it's a and you, take. you guys are tough. You guys but what if, like, what if, what if, what if somebody falls on his ankle? Funny. Well, I, I, do, mean, I so I just think so. Like, let's set Carolina Reaper at Julio Jones at 200 yards. Is Matt Ryan not being a QB one? Julio Jones 200 yards. Well, that's just ridiculous. That Julio Jones 200 yards take. That's, that's what that is. You know, we all make beyond, mistakes in life, and beyond. that was a big one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, no, that's fair. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, and we'll see. I, I'm, I, you know, I just have, it's a feeling all, all the numbers, you know, indicate that it's not going to happen. And I own Matt Ryan in the league where I need him to be a QB one. So I certainly hope he is, but my, my, my hot bold twice a day is against it. Any thoughts guys, any, any, any closing thoughts before we end the show? We, no one is assigned the closing thoughts uh, slot here because we all failed last week. Um, and we're all just like, <sighs> I think Will was going to, I think Will was going to wrap us up with a, with a, little bit of perspective 
Yeah, and, and it relates back to when I, I I wanted to just share something about like kind of what we do and what we're 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 doing here on this podcast is we're trying to make it a lot of fun. We're trying to talk about players that maybe not not might not be on your radar and what they're doing and buying sales and things like that. And at the very end of the day, is what I want it to be is I want it to be advice for you to like help you make a decision. Uh, I don't want you to make a decision solely off of what we say. I don't want to you know there to be that the, the, the overarching like, like deal breaker. I mean, it's fantasy football and the, the amount of variance that's, that's built into this game uh, is insane. So like, you know, you, you talk about, you know, football bouncing off somebody's head and somebody catching it for a 70 yard touchdown. That's the world we live in in fantasy football. And that's what makes it so fun. And that's what makes analyzing and going through numbers and looking at players and everything like that. And, at the, but my, I guess my point and my closing point is, one, I learned a lot last week with bold, hot, spicy takes of going way too far over the edge and getting wrapped up and trying to have fun and make takes that are just way out of control. Uh, and that's it. I didn't get wrapped up in it with the LaShawn McCoy one this week. But, uh, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's your call. You, you know, we want to provide some, some entertaining, some infotainment for you to listen to and what you're doing. But uh, just make sure you're enjoying who you're starting. And with that... We want to thank you again for listening to another episode of The Fantasy Joes. You can contact us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at ffjoes on Twitter. Your feedback is always welcome and let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. We come at you weekly on Thursday with new episodes. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. So we are all on Twitter. Uh, Trey can be found at Trey Barrett. Will, of course, is at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. And I'm the original. at Rota Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes, we are. <laughs>